0: What's up, everyone. Welcome to my corner of the internet. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is Crossover Commerce, presented by Ping Pong Payments, the leading global payments provider helping sellers keep more of their hard-earned money. Hey, what's up everyone ryan kramer with crossover commerce here welcome to episode 93 of this beautiful show that's presented by ping pong payments shout out to our title sponsor there today's episode is titled profit maximization repricing restocking and reimbursements all with the are so, the beginning prefix re but we're gonna say talk about getting back what is rightfully yours and i'm really excited about this episode today so thanks again for watching us on facebook youtube linkedin and twitter and if you're not going to be watching us live please go ahead and download our podcast on audio format and that's going to be on amazon music spotify apple google podcast truly anywhere where there might be a podcast i'm going to be there for you so make sure that you search on your favorite platform search crossover commerce and make sure that you download and get notified of future episodes. That being said, if you are watching us live, this is an interactive show. If you have questions about any of the topics we're covering, uh, wanna give us a shout out, tell us where you're listening from, go ahead and do so in the comments section. You can do that on LinkedIn, you can do it on Facebook, YouTube, wherever. We're gonna see those and we wanna make sure that we answer those questions live if they're applying to this topic um, or if you just wanna give us a shout out. So go ahead and do so there as well. But if you're watching this later on in the day or next week, Next month, whenever this uh, show, you might run across. You can go ahead and just put your comments in the section uh, below, and we'll make sure we also uh, view those. And if they apply to our guests, we'll answer those uh, further on as well. But again, just a friendly reminder: uh, I go four to go live about four to five times per week. So make sure you either follow Ping Pong Payments on social media and get notified of all future episodes, uh, clicking that notification bell on the bottom right hand corner, or you follow me on. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, however uh, you do social media, go ahead and follow me as well. I'm Ryan Kramer on most platforms. So go ahead and check us out there. But about our guest today, it's not just about me. It's about the beautiful guests that I have coming on my show with various expertises in subjects matters that they uh, have been involved in. Our guest today, he is the CEO and co-founder of Eva.Guru. Um, formerly, he was management consultants in uh, Accenture Central Europe data intelligence director at IBM, and group vice president of Oracle Emerging Markets. In his 20 years of being a corporate, uh, he calls it a corporate career. Um, He was a seven figure Amazon seller for a decade and an entrepreneur advised uh, to several successful startups in Silicon Valley. He created Eva together with Barry to uh, help sellers, his co-founder Barry to help sellers to maximize profits on Amazon. Uh, Eva is actually an AI platform uh, to help with pricing management, reimbursements, and restockings. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So welcome to crossover commerce. Hi, Meg of Eva. Hi, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm
1: really, thanks for having me, Ryan. And I'm very excited to be a guest on your show.
0: Absolutely. Well, thanks for coming on. Yeah. For everyone who, uh, is listening to us and you know, that that's quite the background in terms of corporate, uh, corporate business. Uh, that, that's fascinating to me, but we're talking a lot about what you're doing currently. So kind of to set the table, if you will, I love setting the table with my guests kind of to to know their beautiful story in the background. What's kind of that, that journey been like for you as a, a professional, either entrepreneur or just working in the professional field for really big time companies if, uh, that we just touted?
1: Yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, there are a couple of things all these companies, uh, you know, helped me to achieve. I mean, one of the things is, like, pretty much I've been to everywhere in the world, uh, from Asia to Africa, Europe, you know, um, America, and Latin America. And that was really great for me because I, I really believe... You learn by understanding different cultures, different people. I mean, I end up in 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 California, in Silicon Valley, but you know, still, I mean, I really, really uh, thank to all these companies: Accenture, IBM, Oracle. Twenty years, it was a great journey for me, and you know, it was a it was a good um, career uh, progression as well because I started as a a management consultant working like. Uh, 12 15 hours a day uh in germany with german banks and and from there you know ibm is like uh, you know one of the the historical iconic companies it helped me a lot to understand how very large systems work you know how the enterprise work and then when i moved to oracle and that was through a, an acquisition uh, it was a 10 years of like understanding how people, how the very large companies, uh, you know, kind of procure what they need. How can you, you know, uh, like provide value to them? And that was all great. But at the end of the 20 years, uh, when I look at myself and, you know, the things that I do, I don't, you know, um, you know, with all this enterprise world, you know, I'm like delivering great value, but, I'm not touching the hearts, like that was kind of like my feeling. So I said one day, I mean, because I had the site business with Barry uh, and Barry was like running like as already, you know, our business for like a seven figure um, Amazon seller business. And I told him like, why don't we do something else? Like, why don't we touch these small and medium businesses? And I know that everybody most of the people that i i meet you know like uh, providing some software services they all want to go big i mean go big you know and then i'm like go small you know like touch the hearts of the small medium businesses there are all these families all around us you know europe they created these amazon businesses and they want to grow they want to uh, provide for their families i mean i wanted to help them and and barry had the same idea we both have the computer engineering background. I mean I was I'm an artificial intelligence guy for twenty five years now. I wrote my first program and that was like in 1995, where the
0: AI was not working because the processing power was not enough. And right. computers and- were still really big <laughs> back then. <laughs> They're still the sizes of rooms now, I'm just kidding. Uh yeah, yeah I But what you were talking about that, my dad actually, uh, personally, he worked for Texas Instruments uh, when I grew up. So not only are they computer or they were not only calculators, but they were on the defensive defense side. So there was like that scalability of, you know, technology emerging markets back in the 90s when, you know, there's a big tech boom of what the Internet is like email, all this other fun stuff that we just take for granted nowadays. But the emerging markets, like you said, you were working with AI back before AI was cool.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I I very much remember when I was in the university, I was working with all this Java and Sun Microsystems, which actually created Java. I mean, pretty much everything we use today that has a background of Java. And at some point, like 15 years later, when Oracle acquired Sun Microsystems, I was running Sun, almost like uh, 50% of the world. And I mean, that was really beautiful, that was really great. So, and it is time now, I mean, for the last two years, um, we kind of get all the experience, the enterprise experience, like technology, development experience combined with the Amazon expertise of Barry and myself, and and we created Eva. And we had this one single idea, like it's great to be in e-commerce, it's great to start an Amazon business, but I, you know, I remember our first six months. Uh, Barry was telling me, "Yeah, I'm selling great. Everything is great." And I said, "Okay, so how much money you make?" I, uh, I don't know. Like we don't make money. Like so we sell, we don't make money. And that they kind of continued for a year or so. And when we look at the reason, because like Amazon is like showing you all these great numbers. You make great revenue. Oh, uh, let's do advertising. Let's do this. Let's do that. And but the thing is, at the end, when you look at your bank account, there is no money. Like you work, you still work, you sell, but you don't generate much. You know. Then we said, what can we do to create profits? Let's just focus on everything that is important for a seller that can create profits, and that's the foundation of Eva.
0: Well, that's absolutely something that not a lot of people talk about. Whether it's like how long it takes to actually they can be successful, but Success comes in various ways is Amazon telling you you're successful by the amount of velocity of goods you're selling, but you're looking at a different perspective of, I'm going to look at my bank account and make sure that I actually, from when I started versus where I'm at currently, I have grown and scaled and it's worthwhile to like, you're seeing results, like results is a, in the perspective of different people you're looking at from a profit standpoint, instead of just a, a revenue standpoint, does that make sense? Or is that that very similar to what you're talking about?
1: Uh, Absolutely. And uh, you cannot cannot really uh, monitor what you cannot measure. So that's also kind of our starting point. And I understand like there is always this time of like first six months. You want to test things. You don't know what to procure, like which product to sell. But that's the six months. After that, every month you should set up like a growth target and grow. And you need to monitor your profits rather than just the revenue and uh, that's the key for
0: being having a sustainable success so you're selling online, you're working with Barry, you have corporate experience, you're with not just corporate experience. You're talking about the top 10 businesses in the world, even still that you're managing and you're operating. So you see it from a corporate perspective, you see it from a seller perspective, you took the two mashed them up together. Like you took technology, what sell small and medium sized businesses need and how to make everyone, basically everyone profitable in those regards. Is that, is that fair to say? Absolutely. You know, that's yeah. our, that's what Eva was born. That's how Eva
1: was born, and uh, we started with the idea of, like, how can we show the Amazon sellers, first of all, to be, uh, like, the importance of the profit, to make sure that, you know, they take care of all your expenses, nothing is hidden, and once we were able to show that to the Amazon sellers, the next step for us was, okay, like, how can you, um, you know, how can you sell your Pro, sell your products with the with the with the um, maximum profit, and profit means a combination of profitability and sales velocity, and that's how we ended up like focusing on the dynamic pricing, and uh, we created the dynamic pricing or repricing engine for uh, the Amazon sellers.
0: Okay, so so that be said, going into what our topic is about today, repricing, restocking, reimbursements, all things right. that tie back to some sort of profit or some sort of monetary gain. Why, why those three areas that you guys are focused on? What, what, what about those three areas stood out to you? Is it the easiest way to maximize? There's no competition. It's a processes that you figured out personally as sellers. What was the reasons going into like those three main areas?
1: well we pick up the i think we pick up the the most difficult topics <laughs> to be honest with you and i you know if i go back maybe the 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 ranking would be the sorting will be different because pricing on amazon is a difficult topic now the other thing that we wanted to do was like to make it really simple like to to really make it simple easy to use and beautifully designed you know these are very important for us i mean i mean i like to use like um, you know, an Apple Watch or a, a beautifully designed, you know, software. That's my kind of enterprise, um, you know, background. And uh, what I see on the Amazon world is like all the software look look like each other. They are not easy to use, and Amazon sellers are already spending a lot of time to figure out, like especially in a in a system like pricing what's the what is the way to do it you know like how how to create some rules i mean pick up some algorithms and then some some of these software companies claim that they have um they have some automation so so we thought okay so what can we do number one and uh, one number one target or aim is we need to pr- maximize the profit number two create a a beautifully designed easy to use system and we ended up with like first starting with the pricing problem because if we are able to maximize the sales price, um, I mean, that will definitely help uh, both resellers and private labels. And that was
0: kind of our starting point. Very cool. So obviously those are great starting points. We actually had a quick question, if if that's okay with you, um, about Eva uh, from LinkedIn. Again, if you have a question about any of these software tools and whatnot, or uh, just about the topics in general uh make sure you put in the comment section whether you're listening to us or watching us live right now uh how Eva pricing how is eva pricing different from an automated pricing tool because you know we, we talk about automated and thanks for the question uh Santush, um when we're talking about automated pricing it's obviously there's there's t- tools out there in the space but you guys look at it from a perspective of a couple different factors right you're you're factoring in inventory levels you're factoring in uh what were all the things that you're factoring in in terms of pricing repricing and then also pricing for um your tool in general oh, that's a great question
1: um first of all you know every amazon sellers you know uh, store is unique not only because they sell products that are unique but their ratings you know the history uh, the you know the inventory uh, the context of competition everything is unique that's why we absolutely do not believe the automated pricing or using some templates that works for somebody or some guru that will work for you and the main <laughs> thing about eva is like eva first learns your data i mean reads through all the things as you mentioned like the inventory past sales seasonality and everything and not only this then starts analyzing the context you are in like what's the categories that you sell it's not the same if you are selling a health and beauty health and beauty product versus grocery item and who are the main competitors how do they um you know act in some certain situations now this is a learning process now when people You know talk about ai which unfortunately is used a lot in the world of um you know you know world of amazon software now everybody is ai i would ask a very simple question where is the learning element because for the last 25 years that as i know about ai it's about a learning machine a learning engine so that's what eva does that's the main differentiator eva continuously learns and updates the next best action. So maybe today it's about uh, raising the prices. Tomorrow it's about maybe sharing the uh, sharing the uh, the pie. And the next day maybe the best is just to drop the price and get some more of the market share. So the the kind of the strategies change depending on what you want and also how the context changes. And there is a continuous learning. I am pretty sure there is absolutely no one looking at this AI thing from the learning perspective, which is the foundation and the only thing about AI. It's the learning. Where what I see is like, you know, automation or creating some templates is kind of, pre, you know, served as uh, artificial intelligence. And yeah. then I, as, as I, I, I was said, say,
0: yeah, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Right.
1: Oh, sorry. As, as I said, the next thing is, the beautifully designed product, you know. We don't want the Amazon sellers to be computer engineers or some technology nerds or they just, like, crunch the data. It's not that, you know. They should just use it as an iPhone. Uh, it cannot be more complex than iPhone. And we were really fed up with Barry when we were, like, using all these tools. You know, they look alike. I mean, you know, this, um white backgrounds, you know, a lot of information, full of information. Uh, I mean, I think you know, as Amazon sellers, we are already fed up with using Excel sheets, but it doesn't mean that we we use software which looks like Excel sheets, and that's what we did, right? Combine that cutting edge AI with beautifully designed product.
0: Well, and, it's yeah, and I, right, and, and I think that's a really cool way to look at repricing or restructuring a way to stand out from the market because in as a seller, you're, you're looking at three different things, right? You're looking at, in terms of repricing, you're looking at a race to the bottom. Like all of your repricing tools might be a race to the bottom, making sure that you're always best price on web, right? That would be a first option. Second option would be to fluctuate with known sales history and seasonality. And as people's demands or product demand goes up, your price starts to creep up with that demand. So you're actually fluctuating with the, the the market, if you will. The third one is to watch competitors. And if it changes, making sure you either stay competitive with them or that you are going to continue to stay a little bit higher. And like you said, market share and kind of kind of like, hey, I'm not gonna win today, but I'm gonna win it tomorrow. And those are the three different components that, I'm, that Eva essentially, or AI is looking at to say, how do I want to do that and what's the most optimal way to win all three of those every single day, but over the course of, you know, time. So that's a really cool concept because not everyone has every day to look at and just like watch markets and kind of click and and change their price. You know, it's trackability Uh, me as a consumer, I can look and see how often prices is pricing is changing and they're going to be looking at, you know, all these holistic kinds of things. When's a good time to buy, when, uh, you know, j- just making sure that I'm getting the best deal possible. But you on the buyer side is making sure that you're always visible, you're always being strategic, and making sure your money is working for you. Um, another cool thing is because if your inventory is lower, that might be another cool thing is if your inventory is lower, you're at a one velocity, you might run out quickly, but you might not get inventory back in stock fast enough and all the time on the show we're talking about if you don't have inventory in stock, your ranking and just plummet and you're not gonna get visibility and all that money that you put into ranking there. First and foremost, it's gonna go down the drain. So talk about a little bit about restocking and repricing working together.
1: Oh, that's a good thing. Uh, Now, um, I also say like we are the Netflix of, uh, you know, Amazon, the reason for that is, and the resellers get this very much, like the pricing thing, because they spend a lot of time on it, because it takes one minute to set up EVA. It's just like you just connect the store, and then it takes one minute to set up everything about pricing. So in two minutes, you are ready to fight with, the, with a better technology than even the top 100 Amazon sellers in the world is using. And the only thing you need to do is watch, like you just watch the whole competition because we are the only one, which we visualize the whole competition. Then you just sit down and watch your best movie, which at the end you make money. That's a great one. So, you know that's uh, that's the Netflix. Now the private labels are also not, uh, you know, always they're asking me. Oh, you know, we have pricing nine nine nine, nineteen nine nine, and we are happy with that. We cannot change the pricing, otherwise Amazon will be unhappy. I mean, I'm really also like I just want to touch that topic and then move to the restocking yeah. piece and why sure. it's important. Because for the private labels, we are in 2021 it's an absolute must to use private label dynamic pricing. The reasons, Amazon has a lot of brands, right? Like a couple of hundred brands, Uh, they all use dynamic pricing. Every single Amazon um, brand is dynamically priced every day. Uh, There should be a reason behind that. The second is, um, you know, as a a private label um, seller, your costs are dynamic and there is a big cost element. I mean, somehow, you know, 95% of the private labels, even the largest ones like FBA acquirers, they they don't understand that the, the costs are dynamic, guys. And the way the costs are dynamic is because you are paying, you, know, you are doing advertising and there is an advertising cost as well, you know, which everyday changes depending on what you do. So combining it with the The manufacturing cost, especially if it comes from, you know, uh, outside of where you, where you live, where, by the way, the EVO works for both Europe and and also American marketplaces. The key point is, uh, you know, if everything is dynamic, why your um, pricing is not dynamic? And also there is a lot of competition. There are hijackers. Uh, There is, um, what if like the inventory goes out of stock? Um, and what if, like, it's, a, it's, it's Christmas is coming. Are you going to sell your products with less uh, price or more price? I mean, there's, like, a lot of um, factors that come into that. But what I'm saying is it's, a, it's mandatory, it's must. If you want to be successful in the private label world, yes, you need to do advertising, you need to do SEO, but also you need to look at your pricing and make it dynamic. So that's a must from my perspective so um when we work on the sales velocity uh we figure out that you know and we always talk to the sellers like you know we have like 700 um you know stores now connected to eva and we are very actively getting their feedback and you know because we do sales velocity based pricing at some point you know we understand that you know all the sellers are coming to us and they are uh, they are talking about the uh, the restocking piece because sales velocity is important, but it's very much attached to like what is the right way of restocking and how many units you can restock and when is the right time to do it. Now, uh, there is one thing or there are two things the Amazon doesn't know. Like Amazon gives you a restocking forecast, unfortunately, the level of um, success with that is questionable. And I'm very sure that Amazon can improve that. But, you know, if you go back to 10 sellers, I think probably much nine of them will tell you that they have a restocking problem and the 10th one is probably out of stock. So with that nine guys, you know, when we look into what they do, uh, the the challenge is like Amazon doesn't look at competition. Um, Seasonality is extremely important. And that's not taken into account all the time, unless the seller has an Excel sheet with all the numbers coming from last year's etc. And on top of that, like, I mean, the cost element is not even there. So, you know, if, if you combine all these things together, because why the cost is important, because restocking is not about a single unit, but restocking is about the portfolio, like What is the best way to restock your portfolio is the right question to ask. And again, the same uh, principle. How can you maximize your profit by restocking? So it's not about, oh, I have five products and Amazon is telling me for the first one, restock five units more. But is this the most profitable way? I mean, I have limited money. I mean, am I going to spend all my money into my first product? What about the others? So that's the kind of the key thing, again, you know, look at the portfolio, create a restocking um, algorithm that actually balances the portfolio. So you are limiting the out-of-stock, but you are maximizing the profit. So we combine this together, again, not to help Amazon, but to help Amazon sellers to make sure that out of five, ten, hundred, or 1,000 products that they have, What's the best way to maximize the profit, and also not being out of stock? That's the so. Principle. Does that
0: does that look at also the component of when's a good time of year to buy inventory? Because for example, the everyone looks at restocking like when to purchase goods. You have to look at outside factors such as um, holidays, or big one would be an example Chinese New Year. When to forecast and purchase for those like big time events um in kind of lead time what what is what is the restocking model going to be looking at is it going to be looking at all those different elements of it outside of like Amazon's ecosystem or is it more like internalized based only purely on data does that make does that question make sense to you
1: absolutely makes sense and uh, we always recommend uh, the uh, private label sellers primarily but also resellers to make sure that they create this micro restocking, you know, kind of routines, meaning that they should be normally restocking like every week, even every day, if there if there is a possibility. Because the, the micro decisions, it's much better than, you know, just like having one decision and, uh, you know, like pay a million dollars, get the inventory in from China. So that's why, I mean, most of the, uh, the big private labels, they use 3PL. So they, first of all, they bring the... Uh, the you know the stuff from wherever it's coming from if it's outside of U.S. or Europe, and then you know from there you know they kind of like our tool is helping them to restock you know every day every week. But it doesn't matter. Like obviously the the tool can also uh, you know the, the software platform can also estimate like what is the 100 days of stocking like what it is look like or 200 days or two days. So that's a parameter actually we get from the... Uh, so we actually um, respond to two very basic questions. That's how the EVA works and AI works, right? Number one question, I have $10,000 and what's the best way to restock? That's the number one question, right? How much money you have? What's the best way to restock? So we answer that. Numbers, the second question is correlating with what you said. I would like to restock 30 days of inventory. Then, you know, what's the best way to do it? Click the simulate button, you get the, you know, the, you get that. So that's kind of like the beauty. It's really, it sounds really complicated. Uh, today, I know that like um, the, the sellers are spending like huge time on it. What I'm saying is like, I'm going to, you know, reduce that time to two minutes again just by simulate, see what's going on, change that parameters to these two questions how much money you have how many inventory days you want and then come up with that and you need more money i don't know go back to your whomever is like providing you the money you can ask that or you can even ask them to go to the system and check you know what's the real situation that also uh, shortens the time to get funding you know our product because uh, a lot of um, you know money lenders now they are also looking at eva and it's super easy for them to know whether it makes sense to fund, you know, this guy because and then they check like how much money he needs, what's the level of inventory seek he wants to get next hour, they got the money. So we simplify the whole process, which is probably one of the biggest problems today in the Amazon world.
0: Yeah, making sure it's not all tied up in inventory making sure that you can use it to spend on advertisement, spend on, you know. Uh, VAs are paying yourself out. Yeah, I, I, I can see how that's very beneficial. Uh, so we talked, we covered a little bit about, you know, all the different components of profit maximizing in the components of repricing. Um, you're looking at what your competitors are doing based upon inventory levels. You're talking about like seasonality, restocking in terms of making sure you're, you're going to do micro restocking instead of major restocking, which um, I, I get that component as well. The last one would be like reimbursements and not a lot of people understand that the reimbursement side of the business on Amazon, they might just think like, Hey, I send a thousand units to Amazon. Um, they only check in 998 or 997 or something like that. And those components of reimbursements or someone returned it and you're, you just don't get like those different kinds of, um. You know, you're just out money and they you know, don't reimburse you for that that return. What are the different ways that sellers need to know about reimbursements on Amazon and not just, hey, is it in theory, that's something that you could do, but it has to be like super significant. Like w- what's your thoughts on reimbursements there?
1: And as we are talking about profit maximization, uh, if you are able to reimburse from Amazon, which means like it's really like a cash back, it's, it's like cash, it's great way to make some money and uh, that's why the reimbursements are important um i still see that you know the us um, amazon sellers maybe uh, 70% they know about it like and uh, in europe or in other places even most of the sellers they don't know you know how the reimbursements are important because what happens is like i mean it's not done on purpose or anything but amazon lost the inventory or they damaged the stuff you know in the warehouse in you know or other places some customers return things which are not actually the the product that they purchased i mean there are like 22 to 25 different cases uh that some of you know that that there are some mistakes so so the first thing like you know, when we look at it, first we looked at it from a um, from a perspective that we already have data. We have billions of data points. We are already pricing like more than ten million products on Amazon. We are doing restockings. Then we thought, okay, we have all the data. We just run our artificial intelligent algorithm, find all this, detect all these anomalies. That's done in an automated way. But then in order to be Amazon TOS compliant, what we do is like we manually open cases because, I mean, it's really a tedious job. Amazon sellers shouldn't be really dealing with that. And we open cases, we follow up, we close, we bring the the money back to Amazon sellers account. So that's a great way. Now, I know that like, you know, some Amazon sellers use virtual assistants to do some of of these reimbursements. That's a great way. But you know, if you add on top of it a software like Eva, what happens, or, or the service that Eva is providing, um, you, your reimbursements can double or even triple. That's what we have seen, uh, you know, compared to what you are already doing. So we don't mind what you are doing, but we have already seen that that this can be this can go up to three to four percent of your monthly revenues that can be recovered. It's huge money. Now, on top of that, I know there's a lot of software companies providing services like that. They got like 25, 30% of what they recover. We also work based on a a fee that is only based on success, but I have a different mission on this, okay? I have a very different mission. I would like to do a million dollars of reimbursements for free for Amazon sellers, a million dollars. So that's important. It's the first time I'm like talking about this, but you know, as one of the reasons why we built Eva is to help Amazon sellers. I mean, obviously we want to create a great company, but you know, like we do it for fun. Because of that, we do beautifully designed software. We also-
0: Recovering money manual process as fun. And hi, I have to tell you, man, that does not sound like fun <laughs> that you're manually finding and digging through all the paperwork that I personally know that is very strenuous to go through and open cases I have to deal with Amazon on that front. You're calling it fun. I, I'm calling are it, you fun. Sure you call, are you sure you want to call it fun?
1: <laughs> yes, because if I give you a thousand dollars now, you're gonna smile, and that's fun for me because I really enjoy people you know being happy. That's our thing, right? Now, what we want to do is like. Because, like, our software is already doing all these things. We were able to simplify the reimbursement process. We also gave, we're going to be doing a million dollars of reimbursements for free. We're going to make it really uh, simple, um, you know, and anybody can come to our service and use it, and they will pay, a, you know, very low fees compared to any others. But at the same time, we are pretty much doing most of it for free anyway. So I'm gonna give it for free. I like it, you know, like it's it's really important, something you need to give back to the community as well. And we decided that reimbursements is the right way to to do it. So for every single seller, we're gonna be give, doing a lot of free reimbursements just to help them to get some money so that with that money, they will buy more inventory, they will subscribe to our software, they will do something else, you
0: know, so that's that's better. That we- you're giving value add just like an Amazon seller. You're you're giving a product, or you're saying this is our this is our bread and butter, but we're also giving value add in other ways that you know that might bring even addition more additional value. So that I like the concept. My question to you is because you're using AI and all these tools, you're mainly doing one, but using AI does do you use the AI to pinpoint and can pr- help semi predict where you're going to need to get reimbursements or like look for reimbursements from Amazon?
1: Well, I mean, we already identified, I mean, we are working on this for the last 10 years also ourselves, and uh, my partner, at least he's not here, but he looks at every single cent, you know, but that's how we, we created success, you know, like, because, you know, it's very important. One of the things that I want to tell the Amazon sellers, you need to look for every single cent you spend, you know, otherwise, you know, you're, you're not going to be successful, you know, it's not only about like growth, growth, growth. So as we were looking at every single cent, every single penny, uh, we ended up like, uh, you know, already identifying all these different types of reimbursements and all the things. And uh, now the AI is, you know, helping um, more into like uh, looking at where to detect, what to identify in which, for example, um, uh, warehouse between which um, geographies we see more Uh, Challenges, So that's why also there's another reason why I'm going to give a million dollars of reimbursements for free and I would like to make this reimbursement service free for everyone is because the more data we get, the more data we have about where Amazon is doing mistakes. So the the system improves even more. So that's really like a a great uh, like a flywheel, right? I mean, like it just starts from one place, but it helps to the other. So we enjoy it very much, you know, the whole thing.
0: So that being said, you're looking at data, you can start to predict, like you said, your goal and mission is to predict where Amazon is struggling with, um, there in terms of like inventory losses and whatnot, is there, is there kind of an insight or like a peek under the hood that you guys have seen in terms of categories in these regards are getting more reimbursement than like in the toy or gaming community or, or the categories, or is there a category that you're seeing more and more reimbursements typically from? Well, we see,
1: I mean, we identify a lot of things, like, for example, in some geographies, um, some of the uh, Amazon centers, some of the routes, let's say, between, uh, you know, between like LA and San Diego, maybe we see more reimbursements, like things like that, you know? So
0: that's one thing. Just on category, you're talking about locales uh, as well. Like
1: that's one is location. The second is like, um, with resellers or if you have more products if you're se- sending more products to inbound for example diversity of the products is increasing the level of reimbursement if you're sending one single product then it's uh, less reimbursement. So we see but if you are sending a hundred different types of products they reimburse the the possibility of doing mistakes increase to increase by 10 times you know not like one or two three times I mean we have a lot of statistics there I'm sure that I mean, uh, by the way, this, this whole service comes on top of the automated re, uh, Amazon reimbursement because some of the sellers think, oh, Amazon is doing, uh, Amazon is reimbursing back to me if they have an issue. And I tell them, yeah, I'm sure that, you know, like Amazon is a great service, like whenever you call them, they always respond to you in one second. I know that part. But the other part is i mean amazon cannot reimburse what they don't know like they don't do it on purpose if they just don't know they basically tell you if you tell us we're going to reimburse you but if you don't tell it to us we are not going to do anything with that so so the service is on top of that automated the automated probably brings 0.3 to 0.5 percent of the revenue back and the sellers are aware of that but then it can go up to two three four percent depending on all these different factors. And then Europe, like interesting, but if, if Amazon is expanding in one area, let's say Amazon is more doing FBAs in UK, then you see more reimbursements in UK because it's maybe the, the whole operation is starting new. Maybe the people are not as mature as um, you know another um, area in US. So there are a lot of factors like we, we already see and uh, we help the um, the Amazon sellers in this way.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm curious. As you scale, how time consuming is this process for you, personally?
1: Oh, uh, personally, yeah. I mean, the whole thing—it's really. I mean, I work um, roughly eighty hours uh, a week. You know, it's an eighty hours a week uh, work, and um, I think I work as much as when I was twenty years old. I mean, I, I think you know it was better when I was thirties uh, and even forties. I was also like you know, for every hour I was making. Huge amount of money, and now when I'm doing the startup, like you know, it's more or less like a startup world. You know, in Eva, like the last two years, it's like you know, uh, I work a lot. Um, I definitely don't make too much money, you know, because like you know, (laughs) we're seeing in the news, yeah, exactly.
0: Uh,
1: But then I enjoy it very much because I'm I'm meeting with um, you know a lot of great sellers every day. I get like uh, you know thank you messages. You know I just got it one yesterday. It was so so lovely. You know it was so great like that we helped uh, um, one of our sellers in in many ways. Like and we did nothing by the way. I, that was the best part. Like we did nothing, but he was she was so thankful to the software that it's easy to use. She, she is beautifully designed, and I was so happy to receive that. So with all these things, I I'm happy to work ADR. I'll continue to work. I'm not getting you know. You know, really tired about what I do. I wake up at seven. I work until midnight, and I don't mind. You know, it's so. You know, if I if I don't need to sleep, I'll continue to work because it's not work; it's fun.
0: So of all that eighty hours you're talking about, how much of that is spent just on reimbursements? Because you said you're mainly doing this, but you have other things you have to operate. Like you're you're doing the 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 back end stuff as well. You're doing marketing. You're doing all this stuff as a as a uh, co-founder. I, I, oh, it's we, baffling to me how you have time like for all this to manually process and do it. If it's just you, my god, my goodness, man, oh, no, you no, must no, have gotten down to science. Is,
1: there is something wrong there, just to clarify. So like we have a huge team doing this reimbursement that's more gotcha. than right now 20 people.
0: Uh, Otherwise, you cannot do it. I mean, I was going to say, you're just there just looking at forms all day. Like, I don't see when you have time for other things.
1: (laughs) I do not. I mean, I pretty much do not much other than telling, uh, you know, uh, the sellers that, you know, we are happy to do some free reimbursements and things like that. That's what that's my job. I just, uh, you know, create more work for my team. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and they do it but you know that's really a way like we use it more like a promotion it's it's a nice way to build the relationship like we use this like a, you know get some free reimbursements and then from there we talk about real topics where we can really help them with pricing management and uh, the whole restocking and uh, you know like the only thing we don't touch on the Amazon world today is advertising and we don't want to do that it's there's like a hundred companies doing it. I mean, and acquisitions happen. there's a lot of money going into that we 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 like that we like to partner with all the advertising companies and digital marketing agencies, and we cover all the rest. you know it's almost like a e-commerce finance platform where we help you know all the small medium businesses to maximize their profits, and then once they have the profits, they can spend it with their advertising companies. We are happy with that.
0: That's right. Exactly. Well, I mean, w- with this, it, it seems very much like so much data is inflowing to you guys and disseminating it all it has to take tons of time, a bunch of server space. You have a lot of data points that you're touching on, but with AI, you need to do that. So it's constantly learning and growing and developing and optimizing. What's the future look like for a pro or an engine that you're building in terms of this, this kind of like solution.
1: First of all, that's one of the great reasons why Amazon is very happy with us because not only we are an Amazon partner in terms of a, we are selling on Amazon Marketplace partner, you know, we have a we have a we are a solution development partner, but then we also use Amazon Web Services. It's an you know I don't want to go into technical details, but it's an elastic infrastructure, which means that the performance is stable and it's always. A, a great performance, but the infrastructure is scaling without you knowing about that. Well, you know about that because there is an invoice. The more it scales, the invoice is getting higher. So you know, every day I'm like looking at, oh my god, you know, my AWS invoice is getting higher. But it's it's uh, it's okay because we we re, we are really experts into this, and Amazon is helping us as well. You know, we are you know uh, we are an AWS partner too, and that's very very helpful. We we really built that business plan to make sure that at the end of the day, we're going to have more than 500 million products in our system today. I think we have roughly around 15 million and and it's like, I don't want to say that but It's like my babies, you know, I like, you know, 15 million babies, you know, I know about their, um, competition, their history, I have a lot of uh, pictures of them, you know, I, I enjoy looking into this, you know, try to understand what people bought, and they bought something else that they don't even know, like, try to understand the correlation. So, and that's scaling, that's getting more and more into a, a huge, uh, you know, data intelligence platform.
0: Amazing. Well, hi. what's like the best way to like, if, if people are looking for more information or they don't have a solution like this or they do, and they want to just like connect with you or just like have that one-on-one conversation. Cause I know you're the one who picks up the phone and you get to talk to people directly. What's the best way for people to reach out with you or learn more about Eva? Like wh- what are those different ans- uh, answers if you can provide for the listeners or the people watching today?
1: Well, I mean, we have, um, the best way is really. I mean, I'm very happy to talk to anyone who's selling on Amazon because it's really fun. We always share experiences, and uh, that's the way we develop our software too. So, me personally, uh, Barry, and we have the customer delight team. We call it customer delight rather than support or success, <laughs> and we put a lot of you know people into this all the time. And uh, the main thing we tell them like always talk to the customers prospects whomever it is by the way there is one more thing we don't care if the if if our customer is doing ten thousand dollars or ten million dollars we don't care in the way we serve to a 10k guy like we serve to a 10 million dollar guy meaning that we really it's very easy to to reach out to us like you can all you know anybody can reach out to me easily but if you just go to eva.guru which is really easy connect the store, next minute you have somebody, you can just go, you know, you can just like connect from the chat window and it will be live. And that's very important for us to keep that level of service where we do it 24 hours. It's not like, I mean, many of the companies even in the US, the large ones like, uh, you know, even text, pro- text software providers or, you know, healthcare providers, It's n- there is no way you don't, you cannot even find a contact us button or, even a phone number that you can call and wait for two hours. That's the KPI now in, in US, you know, to wait for somebody. And in, in our case, like, I'm like, 24 hours, we're going to respond, 24 hours, you know. Well, there is something else, like we also have operations in Europe, and we are going to do it also in Asia very soon, in Singapore. So all combined, you know, we are able to follow the sun and make sure that there is always somebody available. Uh, and somebody who is relevant like we take um uh, like ex amazon sellers to be our customer delight team so it's not somebody who has no idea they know about amazon as well so it's important for us to give that level of service to our customers
0: well and i know i can personally speak because you've let me peek under the hood a little bit and i've gone through a demo of this solution it's one of the more slick uis and interfaces and quick responding solutions I've seen out there personally. Um, so I, I personally want to give you guys very much a congratulations on the success so far. I know that it's the beginning for you. At least you will only hope that this is the beginning uh, and uh, have a really cool vision of where you want this to go to help sellers. Like you said, small and medium sized businesses to really grow in various different ways. And this is just one of those ways to help people out. So very cool stuff, man. Um, it's, It was a pleasure kind of like picking your brain and you can kind of see behind all my guest eyes of when I'm watching them face to face, how passionate they are. And you are super passionate about these specific areas and helping people grow. So um, I'm very excited to hopefully see Eva grow and hopefully see you guys, you know, um, like you said, that the the different ways that you're helping them um, be more successful. So congratulations on that. Thank you, Ryan. That's great to hear it from you. I appreciate that. Yeah, well, thank you so much for hopping across Crossover Commerce. Again, you're a friend uh, of the show. Um, I know we've connected on various different fronts. So welcome to hop on anytime and talk about specific things and insights. And also, uh, because this is kind of like off topic, have you read Jeff Bezos' final uh, uh, statement to his shareholders yet today? Or did you read it yesterday? I know you're a big like connector in that space, so I, I'm not sure if you've read it yet or not.
1: To be honest with you, I haven't yet.
0: That's okay. And, you know,
1: <laughs> just you know, uh, you know, I'm like. Uh, by the way, I don't pretty much. I don't read any news, newspapers or anything. You know, I just spend my time with uh, with uh, with the sellers. I mean, I have this idea. Like when I talk in the family, like the more sp- I spend with everybody, I think later on maybe I can jump into politics because I have all this. <laughs> Uh, funds now you know as long as i serve them in a good way and like think about the millions of amazon sellers in us so i'm like thinking you know if we are providing a good software the next thing is like here vote for me you know <laughs> so anyways i don't i don't have real, i didn't have the time really you know like uh, and i don't have no amazon shares that's one more thing you know to mention and you know maybe that's why i'm not one of the audiences (laughs) of of bezos what about like anything (laughs) special from there
0: uh no i just think like it's fascinating to think where i think the quote that he left behind is do do right by the workers in the sellers um i think like i've only been able to skim it and it's on my docket it's on my tab to read uh after this uh i made a note to make sure that hey i need to read this today but it's very fascinating to hear where as people may or may not understand that he's stepping aside as CEO, which means he's no longer leading, leading the company in that regards, but where he's kind of like bookmarking it is fascinating to see like what's important to him and how he wants the business to grow. And I think we've had this conversation of where you think like where people have thought or in past have thought like where the company continues to grow and innovate, because there's all sorts of problems, but there's also lots of success and, you know, exciting things that are, continuing to evolve in the world of e-business, you know, where does the next chapter lie for them? So I know you have your pulse on the tech community, so out there, but I was curious to hear your thoughts if, if you had any, so um, super exciting, obviously in the future, who knows what the future holds for everyone in, in e-business in general. So again, thank you so much for hopping on the show today. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan, for having me. No problem. Hi, thank you so much again. If you hang on right there, I'll just a uh, recap with you afterwards, but Again, thank you everyone for, again, tuning into Crossover Commerce. This is my show that I go live four to five times per week. It's a lot of content, but it's my passion to bring you the best and greatest minds in the Amazon and e-commerce space. I only do this for you, the Amazon and e-business community. So my job is uh, really easy in that regards. But hopefully you took a lot of nuggets and takeaways from there. If you're interested, go ahead and check out Eva Guru. It's in the comments section as well as the show notes if you're listening to this on our podcast. So Um, before we hop off, I hope everyone had a great uh, weekend. Hopefully everyone's staying safe out there and continuing to grow and develop their businesses in really great, creative, and fascinating ways. Continue to tune into the show because again, I do this for the community in terms of education, content, and making sure that you are aware of all the great things that can help your business take to the next level. Next week, we have a really uh, exciting, again, list of Guests, I will be live four times next week. Uh, I'm slowly approaching that 100 episode mark. So tune in for really exciting things that I am personally planning for in the works. Hopefully, we'll get back lots of past guests and make it a really fun celebration as well. But that being said, next week, we're going to be talking with uh, the following guests. Uh, we actually have... Uh, actually, tune in to... Uh, go ahead and actually, I'm going to do this quick teaser. Go ahead and subscribe to uh, or follow me on social media and you'll be notified... Once you, uh, of the guests, once it's uh, released as next week as well, we're trying to solidify one or two guests. So make sure that you tune in, uh, or subscribe to my channels again, that's Ryan Kramer on Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook. You can just follow me there and you'll be notified or ping pong payments. Again, we go live on all those channels. I'm Ryan Kramer, the host of crossover commerce. Thanks for tuning in. Everyone we will catch you next week on another live episode of the show. Take care.